Good morning. Praise the Lord. Are you joyful this morning? I said, are you joyful this morning? Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Pastor Ron preached on that last week. The joy of the Lord. Bible says this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Can we do that this morning? Can we be glad that we're in God's house this morning? That, that God has made this wonderful day that we have to be in his presence? I think everybody's still still waking up this morning. That's all right. Hey, welcome this morning. We're glad you're here. If you're a visitor, if it's your first time, or maybe the first time in a while that you've been here, we're so glad you're here. And we want you just to, to join in with us this morning as we as we rejoice in the Lord, as we celebrate Jesus this morning, and and uh, just just be a part with us this morning. Why don't we all stand this morning? We're going to begin by by rejoicing in worship this morning. I believe the Lord has great things for us today. And let's just, let's just celebrate that this morning. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we love you. Lord, I, I just rejoice this morning to be in your house. Lord, I, I just celebrate the fact that I can be here today, Lord, to, to spend time in your presence. Lord, to worship you this morning, God, with, with all of my brothers and sisters. Lord, I just, we just worship you as a church, as one body, Lord. We just lift you up this morning, God. And we, God, we're so thankful for everything that you have for us, God. And we pray this morning that you allow your Holy Spirit to come and move in this place. God, to just stir within us, Lord, to just touch lives today, God. We love you this morning, God, because you're worthy of our our love, Lord. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of it all, Lord. And we give you glory for everything that you do and everything that's done, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are y'all ready to worship? Y'all are going to have to liven up a little bit out there. We got some good songs this morning. We're going to need some help. Oh, you're a holy father. You're holy in this house this morning, God. We just praise your holy name. Father, just have your way in this service as we sing our praises to you. Even as we sing, God, just start moving through your sanctuary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, he's holy. He's holy. Yes, he's holy. Yes. He's holy, holy, holy.
Jesus. You are holy, Father. You are holy. You are holy in this place this morning. Father, you reign, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Dennis. Go ahead. Oh, you are holy.
It's holy ground, God, because your presence abides in this sanctuary, God. Father, help us to be more, more aware of that this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is in this room, here right now, here right now. Making this place I stand Holy ground, holy ground Your spirit moves and breathes All around, all around
circumstances. I reign over your situations. I reign over your families, over your friends, over those that you love. I'm God. Everything that is created, I created it. And if I created those things, do you not think that I can take care of your problems? Does it matter to me if to, the, to you they're small and insignificant or just a nagging little problem or if they seem like a great giant range of mountains that you cannot overcome, I'm still God. I created the mountains a long time ago. I created this earth. I created all of the universe. For my pleasure I created them. Remember that in my word I said when it was all done it was very good. Why do you worry? Why do you fret? Do you not trust me? Do you not realize that I hold you in the palm of my hand? I know you're going out. I know you're coming in. I know your deepest, darkest secrets that no one else knows. And I love you. I care for you. I watch over you. I provide for you. So quit being anxious. Quit being fretful. I'm God. There's nothing that's impossible with me. 
What I created, I can uncreate. What I put in place, I can take out of its place. Nothing moves in the universe until I tell it to. I put things in order, and they stay in that order until I say otherwise. I have told you, I have promised you, my watchfulness, my care, my concern, my love, my joy, my peace, everything that you will ever need in your life, I have already promised it to you. Now by faith, take hold of it. And let that faith cause your face to shine. Cause your face to smile. Cause you to realize that in the midst of every adversity, in the midst of all opposition, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. You are more than able to do anything that I tell you to do because I give you that strength to do it. So rejoice and honor and glorify and worship and bow before me for I alone am God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy, 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 Lord. God Almighty, over all. You. You'll be forever the king and throne, glorious splendor, holy, holy Lord. Just play again to us. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Father, we thank you for confirmation this morning. to be led by your words, Father. Help us to realize, God, that you are master over all, God, and nothing moves until you tell it to. Father, we praise your holy name this morning. Continue to have your way in this service, God. Continue moving through your people, God. Go to the bridge. The veil was torn, the doors fling wide. See glory as I run inside the throne before you. I bow. The veil is torn, the doors fling wide. See glory as I run inside the throne before you. And I bow. Sing that again. The veil is torn, the doors fling wide. See glory. Run inside your throne. 
Good to see you in church this morning. Lord, we are always changed when we're in your house. What a privilege it is for us to gather together in the name of Jesus, and you are right here with us. Lord, thank you for giving us the privilege to worship you. Thank you, Lord, for meeting needs in our lives. We're not going to be anxious. You provide for the birds of the air, the lilies of the field. You, you're providing for us. Thank you for providing for our needs, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving the church gifts and enablements from you, Lord, anointings and, and blessings from you. And thank you for using us, Lord, to give gifts to the, to the hurting people of the world and, and to the people who don't know you. Lord, we just thank you that, that you, you operate in such a, a, a fantastic way to, to accomplish your purpose in this world. And we pray, Lord, that we'll just be so cooperative with you, so in tune with you, that we, our lives are being used continually for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let's worship the Lord with the giving of our tithes and offering this morning. I invite you to, you, you know, why do we give tithes? Why do we give offerings? That's a good question, isn't it? Is it because we've got too much money and we need to clean out the bank account a little bit? No. <laughs> I, I've never heard anybody say that was the reason. It, it, there, there's one reason, and I like, to, I like to propose it to you. It's because God is first. Amen. God is first. He, he is above everything, more important than anything in our lives. And when we, when we honor him with our first fruits, as he told all the way back in the Old Testament, this, is, this has been his practice. No doubt in the Garden of Eden, this was his practice. And it will be his practice forever. Yeah. You get to honor me with the first fruits because that first fruit shows faith. And God loves faith. Yeah. God loves faith. Don't wait to see what you think left at the end. Give first fruits. Yes. Because that's what God deserves, not yes. leftovers. Yes. He deserves first fruits. Yes. He's more important than anything we spend our money on our time on or give our life to he's more important than all that so he's first amen, amen. lord help us to seek you first yes. and know that you will will provide all the provision that we need because you see in us the faith and the trust in you when we give you our first fruits we pray your blessing upon the individuals who are giving in this offering the offering lord that it would be blessed and anointed for your use and this church, Lord, that we would be positioned to be able to do what you want us to do in this community and around the world, God. May, may, may we never lack for the funds to be able to do anything you want us to do because there, there's a generosity in our heart and a, and a desire to honor you with our giving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen. I hope you'll say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we still fix the deal. Mike for you. For you and John. Praise the Lord. Play, play through that one more time, guys. And let's just clap as they do it.
applause. Amen. Amen. This one's for you, Jesus. This one's for you. This one's for you. Amen. I, you, you have a beautiful young family in, our, in, in your church, in our church. I, I, I can start calling it, after seven Sundays, I can call them ours, okay? I'm, I'm, uh, this is my seventh Sunday to be with you, and I, I've fallen in love with the, the wonderful people of this church family. You're a beautiful, beautiful group of people. And uh, you, you have among you, we have among us, a beautiful couple named Jonathan and Courtney Harrison and their beautiful kids. And I want them to come up to the platform right now and, and they're going to give you some news. Maybe you've already heard it, but this way you get to it, hear it right from them. And, uh, and we're going to, the, the reason I'm doing this is so that they get the opportunity to, to say what, what, uh, what the Lord has put in their heart, at least as far as what we need to know. And, uh, and for us to have the opportunity of blessing them and praying for them. That's what here, I, I want you to prepare, just soak in their words, and let's let our love and our blessing flow into their lives, okay? Tell us about it. Thank you. Am I on? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Well, I know many of you know, because a handful of you tried to talk us out of it, but we, uh, <laughs> we've decided that it's time for us to step down as the children's pastors. And we'll be here through the end of the month, and it's, uh, it's a very difficult thing to come up here and tell you this, because we, we love you guys. We love the kids, but uh, we really believe it's time for a season of rest for us. We, we've been through a lot over the last couple of years, and there's uh, things in our personal life that have started to uh, wane, and are lacking due to some of the commitments that we have here. We don't have the time, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it. Uh, well said. To, uh, to take care of ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. We, need, we need that time. And yeah. I hope that uh, you guys can understand. Uh, this is difficult for us. It's not something we've thought about lightly. For several months now, we've been considering and thinking about doing this today, praying and seeking the Lord and what He wanted us to do because we know that's what's most important. Right. Amen. Amen. So I know with what we've been through over the last few months, <laughs> this is probably not a great time, but uh, our heart is that we don't want the new pastor that comes in to think that we're leaving because they came in. We don't want them to think that we don't like them. And so you don't want me to feel like that either, right? No, 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 no. It's not you, brother. This is, this is something we believe is a little overdue, but we've been trying to do it in the right way because we love you guys. Hopefully I got all my tears out already. Um, I just want to say thank you all of you. Nope, I didn't get them out. Okay. Um, you guys were there for me to pray for me and comfort me in one of the most difficult times in my life. And I can't thank you enough for that. I just want you all to know that I appreciate you. We love you and kids, we love you. 
I might love you more than Jonathan. <laughs> we love you. Thank you. We love y'all. Well, so the, the, the ministries that you have here are children's church. And I know, Jonathan, you teach the adult Sunday school class and lead their discussion. You do an ama amazing job in there allowing everybody to have input. It's beautiful. And, is there, and, and also you re recruit uh, somebody to be in the nursery every Sunday? Yeah. And, I, yeah. and uh, is there another role that you, that you fill? Helping with the girls' ministry. Helping with girls' ministry. Is that on Wednesday night? Yes. Yeah. And uh, is that all? Yes. <laughs> Anybody does more than that out here anywhere? Jonathan preaches on Wednesday night. Oh, that's no small thing. I, I, I know that your heart is, uh, is full as mine is uh, with thanks. And we just want to show this, this couple that we love them and, and we bless them. That's, that's why I'm doing this up here instead of, you know, sometimes maybe a pastor just makes an announcement about what's going on. But I wanted you to hear them feel their heart. This is exactly what it looked like when they told me about it last Sunday. And, uh, and I said, you just tell the church that because I want, I want us to have a chance to, to love them and bless them. And uh, so uh, they're, they're going to be here through this month. Thank you for that gift. Thank you tremendously for giving us that month to, to be able to situate people in those ministries. And uh, we'll pray that God calls uh, whoever he wants to to help us in those roles because each of them have, are important and have to be done. And, uh, and I just want us to join together this month and just shower them with our love and our care until they, until that last Sunday of this month, there's five Sundays in this month. This is the first, there's four more. And you've got lots of opportunity to bring them a card. Or I don't, I don't need to list you ways to show appreciation. Just, you don't need cards. That's not nothing. Well, let me say, I mean, I, here's what makes that card so special. Write in it your feelings. And she, I've got some I've kept for 30 years because of, I can't throw them away. And uh, that means a lot when you write your heart in a, in a card. And if you want to show uh, some kind of appreciation in another, another way, do it. This is Pastor Appreciation Month. It fits along with what, what you're, you're doing anyway, you're, you're doing as a church for your staff. Not, not, I'm temporary, so exclude me from that, okay? This, I'm talking about for them. But I, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to shower you guys with our love and affection and our thanks, and I want to do it all month long. I, just, I declare this Appreciation Month for Jonathan and Courtney, and uh, we're, we're not mad at you for making this decision. You need to take care of yourself, and that sounds just like God that would say you've got to take care of the things that are that, that if you're too busy to do this now, let, let me help you. And that's what the Lord will do. He's done that. And, and we just bless the Lord. I, and I, I always applaud what the Lord does because it always turns out really good. What God turns, what God arranges, it's, it's going to work out fine. Would you just stand and let's, let's start right now by just praying a prayer for them. I'm going to stand right here behind them and say a prayer. But will you pray? Well, why don't you reach your hands this way and pray with me? Father, I just thank you for Jonathan and Courtney and their sincerity, their love. I thank you for the years of ministry, the last three years that they poured out into this church and this church family and these children. And, and Lord, we just pray that you will heal them 
Lord, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and in every way, your healing would take place in their heart and their lives. Give them the rest and recovery that they need, the, re, the rejuvenation, the refreshing. Lord, the, uh, the ability to, to get over being, being uh, so, so spent. Lord, we just pray that your spirit and your grace showers them with, with manifest wonderful blessings in their lives, Lord. We pray for this church family that is, is, is going through the loss of, of this beautiful couple. And we, we pray that, God, you'll make all things work together. We pray you'll just unite us as one permanently. We're going to spend eternity together in heaven. And, Lord, may, may we be united and, and uh, un unwilling, Lord, to, to let this break our hearts and break our relationship. We just we believe that that's an eternal relationship that we will enjoy. And we'll glory in you, our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give him a love offering now. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. There is one more prayer that I, I want to pray with you, and that's the, the, the prayer for the pastor search team that are working hard. They're, they're, they've buckled down. I mean, it's not like they weren't before, but they know how serious this is and how much you as a church are depending on them. So they're really committing themselves to the work that it takes to, to find the will of God. And uh, here's, the que here's what I feel like I should say to you this morning. Lord, would you show us how valuable a pastor is. Yeah. This is awkward for me to talk about it because you almost think I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about a pastor is God's gift to a local church. Yes. And, and the board is the church's gift to the pastor. Yes. The church gives the pastor the help of capable men who are able to take care of the Grecian widows that are not being uh, fed as uh, they feel like they're being, they're, they're being, uh, that's Acts chapter 6, by the way, in case you hadn't already recognized it. But, you know, the, the board is, is there to, to, to do things in the church so the pastor still has time to do what God sent him there to do, to pray and preach and be the spiritual leader. And uh, I know a lot of pastors that, that uh, they indulge in all that. And then they're wore completely out and can't do the, the other job. But that, it, it's the pastor's role to stick to his job and the, and the church to, to do their job. Everybody's got a job in the church. Everybody does. But uh, it, this doesn't work without a pastor. The pastor, God, God's always used a man. He called Moses in the New Testament, Old Testament. And yeah, that was in the Old Testament, not the New. And, and, uh, and all through the Bible, God chose a man. God chose a person to lead. And, and, you know, if I had to, had to make a choice whether the church was going to have a building or the church was going to have a pastor, I would say, we got to have a pastor. Because we, we can meet anywhere. We can meet under a tree or we can go, go rent something or find something. But we, we, and without a pastor, we, we, we need leadership. God, we need, we need God, you, you speaking to us on a regular basis. We need you, you more than just feeding us, but, but correcting us and and guiding us by, by words that come straight from the Lord that are spoken in the right time in the right way. Yes. And, uh, and I, I just, I think during a time when, like it's been probably about, I, I've been here, this is seven Sundays, I think I said. Uh, um, so there was a, a couple more before that, that you, that you have some, about nine Sundays that you've been without a pastor. And I, maybe the Lord 
it wants to use this time to show you how valuable a pastor is. Lord, would you help us see how valuable, how necessary, how important that wonderful gift is to a church. And I pray, God, that you will show us in uh, that so that so that our prayer becomes more fervent, that our prayer becomes more uh, more uh, urgent, Lord, to us to to kneel on our face before you and say, God, will you send us the pastor you ordained to be leading this church family? God, we pray that this church will be a lighthouse in this city. Uh, Lord, uh, uh, that it will, it will be an influence far and wide because uh, of the, the life of, uh, of, of the Spirit of God in this church family and, and led by the person that you chose to be their preacher and their teacher and their, and their shepherd. Lord, we just pray that, that you'll, you'll bring the leader that you want that's going uh, to put the, uh, the things in order that you want in order. Lord, and that, that are going to do, he, he or she is going to do what you call them to do uh, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We pray for you, Lord, to lead this pulpit committee, to guide them, to make their work effective. And Lord, may they, may they not run out of, uh, of energy while they're doing it, but while they're giving a lot, Lord, may they have, be energized by the Holy Spirit, may they be led so that they don't have to make decisions by human means, but, but by spiritual revelation that they would make decisions, we pray. And everybody agrees with that prayer, say amen. 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 You're not praying very loud when I pray, and it's probably because I'm praying so loud you don't think you need to. But I want to tell you, God hears all of our prayers at once. Yes, he does. So feel free when I'm leading you in prayer to not, to, to not uh, just listen to me praying. Shut me out and, uh, and, and just pray your own prayer because your prayer may be the one that touches the heart of God. Your faith, your, your sense of of desire and urgency means something to God and he watches for it to be expressed. And I, I just, I just encourage you. In fact, I was going to preach on prayer uh, tonight and uh, I'm, I'm feeling that, that I'm going to, the Lord's going to move that message to a different time. So I'm, I'm still de deciding uh, as of now, what, if I'm going to preach what I'm going to preach, if I'm not going to preach on that. So pray for me today, would you? <laughs> Would you? Next Sunday, I'm going to be gone. I had a, a previous commitment before I accepted this uh, six weeks ago, but um, I look forward to being back the next Sunday. Next Sunday, you're uh, the preacher that is coming. Maybe you've heard of him, Raymond Frizzell, his wife, Cynthia. They uh, uh, lived in Lawton for many years, helped build that, that really great uh, first assembly over in Lawton, that, that one, of our, one of our strongest churches, and he was very much a part of that team that built that, and, and, uh, and he pastored up at Miami, Oklahoma, uh, and was the presbyter for that northeast corner of our state for many years. He's, he's a man who just speaks as God tells him to speak, and it's, I, I know that you're going to be ministered to by him and Cynthia, and they'll be with you Sunday morning and Sunday night next week in my place, in my absence, and then I'll be back the Sunday after that. This morning, uh, the message is titled, the two thieves. There were two thieves that were crucified next to Jesus. L let me start with a, a phrase of, that I want to pick up out of Romans, the fourth chapter. Romans, the fourth chapter is when Paul was 
He's ex it's kind of the theology according to the Apostle Paul. It's the plan of salvation that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, God didn't choose to have it spelled out in the Gospels, even though the Gospels mean good news. It was in Romans, the first book that comes after the four Gospels and the, and the book of Acts. And, and the Apostle Paul is spelling out what the gospel is, what, how it relates to the, to the Old Testament uh, practice of having faith. And God gives righteousness in response, in, in response to faith. Instead of us having to, to earn by doing all the law, he said it's always, people have always been saved by faith. By, they've been granted righteousness by my faith. They, uh, uh, and he explains that with, with Abraham, uses Abraham as the example. And verse 24 in Romans 4 says, God will also count us as righteous if we believe in Him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and He was raised to life to make us right with God. Th these, are, these are powerful eternal life words. It, it tells us that it, it's necessary for us to believe to be saved, and it was necessary for Jesus to be placed on the cross to, for us to be saved. But when you put those two together, when, you, when, when Jesus has gone to the cross, He's done what God placed Him there to do. He died because of our sin, and He was raised to life to make us right with God. But it's all now dependent on whether or not we agree with Him, whether, we, whether we're in alignment with Him in what He did, and we believe and receive the wonderful gift He's provided us in Jesus. Well, of course, uh, now I want to talk to you about these two thieves that were on the cross, crosses next to Jesus. Let's turn to Matthew, excuse me, Mark, the, the book of Mark, verses 15 through, uh, chapter 15, verse 27. Two revolutionaries, and the, the literal translation is robbers. Two robbers, uh, thieves, were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And then, if you're reading a New Living Translation or some of the other translations, they leave out verse 28 because it doesn't appear in some of the later original transcripts. But, but it's, uh, the King James includes it and it says, and the Scriptures... Uh, which fulfilled, which said he was numbered with the transgressors. In other, in other words, Isaiah said it in the Old Testament that, that the Messiah would be counted uh, or numbered with the transgressors. He, he would be, and that's what the two thieves are. There, there he was on the cross with two other thieves. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, uh, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. And, and then it, these, the last line of this says, even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. Even those two robbers that were also being crucified uh, were, were joining in the ridicule of the man on the middle cross. Because, you know, they, they, were, they were sinners uh, dying, paying the death penalty for their crimes. But those two thieves who suffered beside him, you know, you know it said that God was going to, that, that Jesus was going to hang there between uh, uh, how was it? It said it. It said uh, numbered among transgressors. Uh, 
So, so those two things, they, they were there. They occupy a very unusual and unique place in the story. Uh, each of the Gospels reference them, all four of them mention, and, and three of them just say like this one does, that, uh, that, he, that, uh, that they mocked him. But Luke goes into another story about them that I'll share with you in just a moment. You, you know that, uh, I, I ask yourself, did it just happen that Jesus was dying between two thieves? Or, or, or did in fact God arrange that there on the cross where Jesus was dying to save the souls of, of lost humanity, like I read you in Romans 4, that, that he, was, he was handed over to die because of our sins. In other words, God was doing this. Is it possible that, 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 that right there, a man on the cross next to him would be converted? One of the men on, on the cross would be, would be saved, and the other one on the other side of him would reject him and go ahead and die in his sins. I, I, when I saw this, uh, probably 10, 15 years ago, I, it was the first time this, this visual aid, became, I became aware of it, uh, because w what a powerful, powerful place for a PowerPoint, you know, uh, for, for a visual aid. That, that's, that seems to be what God arranged, that this PowerPoint that God had made that happened with these two thieves. You know, and here it's why it makes sense to me because God always preaches with great illustrations. Have you have you have you made your way through the Gospels and looked at the words in red and seen how much of them are illustrations? He illustrates everything, and God is always illustrated. Well, I could go back. I can take a few minutes right here. I'm not going to do it, but to tell to tell you that God always uses powerful, powerful illustrations. And all of a sudden, it occurred to me that that. Uh, this was a powerful illustration because, and here's why, these two thieves represent two choices. One of which, every uh, man or person that lives on the earth is going to make those, th that choice. Each and every sinner in all of humanity, and we're all sinners, uh, are going to make one of those two choices. Either we're going to choose to believe or we're going to choose to doubt. We're going to choose unbelief and we're going to perish. Uh, they were both clearly sinners as we are. Uh, the only thing different about them, they knew they were about to die. That, that changes things. It, it's sometimes a deathbed repentance, uh, what wasn't anticipated, but when a person's dying, uh, you know, a foxhole conversion, so to speak. And, and, uh, but that's, that's one thing about these two. They, they both knew that they were about to die, and they both knew they were sinners. They, they were dying for because of their sin. And then they both made a, made a choice about the man on the middle cross. And, and another thing is that choice, this is the reality, and that's why I read you Romans 4, uh, the, the choice that they make is what decides where they stand with God and where they're going to spend eternity. Right. Anybody here that, that doesn't believe that, I'd love to talk to you at length because I, it, it, it's so clear in the Scripture that you're, the choice that you make about Jesus Christ yeah. is going to determine your relationship, whether you have a relationship with God or not, and, and whether or not uh, where you're going to spend eternity. You're going to spend eternity in heaven in God's house or in hell where people are, are left uh, to live without God forever. Amen. Jesus talked more about hell than any preacher did. Yes, did. And, and it's absolutely a reality. 
The truth is, wherever you spend eternity, and wherever I spend eternity, we're going to meet one or the other of these, uh, of these two guys on those two crosses. If you go to heaven, you're going to meet the one who the Lord said, today I'll be with you in paradise. But if you go to hell, you're going to meet the other one. Because he's going to be there. And I, I'm sure both of these people have an identity that, uh, uh, for, for eternity. He's the man who was on the cross next to Jesus. So, one of these thieves heard the gospel while he was on the cross. Somehow, it was his Billy Graham walk the aisle moment. Only, only the Spirit of God can arrange something like that. Because at first, as the other, as the other uh, gospel writers say, the, both thieves were joining in with the ridicule of the, uh, I can't even imagine somebody that's been nailed to a cross having, having the gall or, or the time to even join in ridiculing, but that's what it says they did. Uh, but uh, one of them changed his mind while he was right there on the cross. Something happened in his soul. Something triggered uh, uh, in him that, that caused him to do what Luke 23, verses 39 through 43 say he did. Let, let me read it for you. One of the criminals hanging beside Jesus scoffed, so you're, the sin, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. In other words, he, he'd probably heard the people saying, calling him the Messiah and and saying that, uh, tell him to come down from the cross. So he joined in and he'd say, hey, and while you're at, while you're coming down to the cross, bring us down too. Make us part of your miracle. He, all, all of this man's life was right here in this world. He just wanted to, to get off the cross. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for all our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. So this, the, 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 a man on that side of Jesus is talking to a man on that side of Jesus and correcting him because, uh, because he, he can't see that that man would, would, be, would, would, would say what he's saying. Don't you even fear God when you've been sentenced to die? Evidently, that's what he was experiencing. He was experiencing the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Thank God he was experiencing the fear of God of going into eternity without God's blessing on his life. I hope if you're going in, if you even have the slightest fear that you're going to go into eternity without God's blessing on your life, that you're urgently doing something about it. Because you can have peace about that. God will put the Holy Spirit's presence in you to reassure you you are his child. And, and it starts with the fear of God, the awe of God's ability to send your soul to hell. Uh, but the, and then he said, uh, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you'll be with me in paradise. Think about it. This, this, this guy on the cross got to hear Jesus say to him what every human being in the world would love to hear Jesus say, today you'll be with me in paradise. 
that, that, that's, that's the greatest news any soul could ever hear. And he heard it while he was hanging on a cross. Jesus heard in that man's faith, that's all these words that are given to us. If he spoke more than that, Luke didn't know them or didn't include them when he wrote the, the text of Scripture. And, uh, but uh, but he, Jesus heard in those words that I read you that, that he heard saving faith in this man's words, who a few minutes earlier Jesus knew had been mocking him. He was under deception at that point, but now that deception is gone. Now he, he, he's, been, he, he's been awakened in his spirit, and he sees who this is on that middle cross. I, I wonder if any of us would have thought he was worthy of mercy. I wonder how many people, even, even among us, would, would, would not want to have mercy on that guy because he was mocking Jesus a few minutes other. I'm just saying this to, to magnify our understanding of the mercy of Jesus. That, that the mercy of Jesus, would, He would take time to, to lead a man to the Lord, uh, lead a man to salvation. He would take, take time to deal with that man's biggest problem, his, his, his being lost. Jesus did that while He was nailed to the cross. See, the reason Jesus would give him mercy is because that's what he left heaven to come here and find. He left heaven to come here and find people who would seek uh, him and, and who, would, uh, who would believe him so that, because that's what he did. He said, I came seeking and saving those which are lost. And he wasn't even quitting right there when he's hanging on the cross. Jesus could see in his heart just exactly like he could see in our hearts. He knew things that were beyond his words because Jesus could see in the inner man. He could see in his mind. And just like he sees in ours. Jesus saw in him what he came to earth to give everyone here a chance to do. To believe in him. To trust in him. To call on him. And he knows what that looks like. And he saw it in this broken man. Psalm 51 verse 17. It's a repentant psalm. It says, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. The Lord saw that, and he had compassion and pity upon that man. He'll never miss seeing it anywhere it is. He sees those tears that are, that, that are uh, falling because our heart is broken. And he'll never be fooled by make-believe faith. He, he sees it when our, when our faith is truly expressing what this man's faith was expressing, a, a true belief and a trust and a, an expression of need. I need you. I need you, Lord. Would you, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? There were so many things in those statements. You know, uh, he caused this man to come to some uh, such discerning spiritual attention that, that, that he would say this, these words, remember me when you come into your kingdom. But what woke him up spiritually? Just a few hours, maybe even minutes before, he had been joining the mocking crowd. Uh, but something turned his heart around. Was it the inf insults? Was it the people who were shouting, hurling their insults at Jesus that, you know, uh, I, I, I read that in the, in the Mark passage. That's why I read you to see what they were saying. Uh, you know, did, did he hear somebody saying, ha, look at you now. Look at you now. They yelled at him. Uh, you said you're going to go to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, then save yourself. And come down from the cross. And the leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked him. And he saved others. They scoffed. But he can't save himself. Let this Messiah and this King of Israel come down from the cross so he can see and believe. You know, the other thief listened to that, uh, that, that mocking crowd and aligned his heart and his mouth with them. Even to his death, he, he, didn't, he didn't become repentant. But, but the repentant thief heard the Spirit of God. 
speaking through those words to his heart about who that was on that middle cross. Hey, buddy, this is your opportunity. This is anybody's opportunity who wants to, wants to believe instead of mock with those very statements that are absolutely true. You are the Son of God. You are. You're going into a kingdom. His heart awoke, uh, and maybe it was the, it was the, 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 uh, the, the mocking of the crowd. I, I'd say we have plenty of opportunity to hear the mocking of the crowd. Right. The, the, there's a lot of people who, Jesus, the only time they say it is when they use it in a cursing manner, right. as a curse word, in addition to other words. And, and there, there are people in our world today who think it's such a ridiculous thing for us to be worshipers of Jesus and, and to, to believe what we believe about righteousness. And, and, uh, and so we, we've got the same voices. We, we can either, like that one, one criminal, join in with the ridiculers or, or cast our, our lot with them, or we can hear in their voices that the truth is, Jesus really is. Everything they say he is, but they, they don't believe that he is. And they're mocking him. That's what happened to this, this uh, thief while he was on the cross. Was it the words and the faces of those in the crowd who loved Jesus? Because there was plenty of them out there weeping at, at that, uh, that he would be hanging on a cross when all he had done was, was healing the sick and raising the dead and, and, and speaking truth. To, people, uh, to people's hearts. Um, and, and so this, this, repentant, uh, this repentant thief saw something. It's kind of like we have the opportunity. When, when we see worship music, I turn on Christian radio all the time. And, and I, don't, I don't just sing on Sunday morning. I hope you don't either. I, hope the only, I sure hope the only Christian music you get is not just on Sunday morning. I hope you get it all week long. Find, find a way. You, you really need. God wants you to be able to worship all week long. And, uh, uh, but, you know, that worship, it, it, it goes into love songs about Jesus. And it, it goes into uh, uh, adoration songs about Jesus. It, spe it, it, it speaks what we believe Jesus is. And, and some people think it's just a little too much. So, uh, it, but, you know, this, this thief on the cross, he saw the tears that, that the disciples and others were, were shedding. And he, and he got the message in that, that this was a Savior that was worth loving and worth caring about. So let, let's, let's be sure that we align with the worship music. Amen? Let, let, let's be sure that that's the, that's the attitude of our heart. That's the position that we have with God. Uh, yeah, so I just stop and ask you, which thief are you? Everybody needs to stop and ask themselves, which, which sinner are you? Because we're all represented by these two men, by these two sinners. And, and was it, in fact, the words of Jesus that changed this guy's heart? Was it the words of Jesus? Because he got to hear every word Jesus said. The thieves weren't dead yet when Jesus died. Remember the guy that came to to put them out of their misery so that they could take them off the cross before dusk. And uh, they, he was sent there by the, the Pharisees to do that and, and Pilate. And uh, they didn't break Jesus' legs because uh, he was already dead. So that means these other two guys were still alive. They heard every word that Jesus said. They heard Jesus say to the crowd, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The people that were, 
that were persecuting him, that were, that were nailing him to the cross. He prayed for their forgiveness. He heard him say to Mary, dear woman, here's your son, and to John, here is your mother. He, he saw that compassion upon his own family. He heard Jesus say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and he heard Jesus say, it is finished. And Father, into your hands I commit my, commit my spirit. I wonder if those words would, would build faith in us if we really, if we, if we were to hear them in our dying moment. Uh, that's what happened to him. I, I, I have to be convinced that probably more than anything else that convinced him, it was, it was seeing Jesus and, and, and hearing his words that were so unlike any other human being who ever had been crucified. Jesus was God paying for somebody else's sin, taking our death penalty for us. You know, we're going to have communion in a few moments. Those of us that are aligned with the repentant thief are going to take communion. Don't, don't take communion. You'll be eating and drinking damnation to your soul if you're still the unrepentant thief. Until you've, you, you've made the decision to align yourself with what God says about Jesus Christ, that He sent Him. It wasn't a man acting out a role. It was God, a God-man, born of a virgin, Mary. He was God's literal physical son because of uh, enabling her to uh, have a baby without the presence of a, a man. God supernaturally did this. Jesus was, was God's, uh, was a God-man. And he, he was, was carrying out the will of God to rescue sinners. And if you believe that with all your heart, if you have accepted Him and received Him, if you've become repentant over your sin, and you've placed your faith in Jesus, and you've committed to obey Him the rest of your life, you're just going to trust Him as your Lord and Savior. By all means, take communion with us. Can I ask you to do this? This afternoon, if, if you don't get to it this afternoon, make it a priority the first part of the week to read all all of the gospel's account of Jesus on the cross. I can tell you where they are. Each, each of the, the gospels have one full chapter that's talking about what, when, when Jesus was nailed to the cross. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, uh, that's the gospels that I'm talking about, the first four books in the New Testament. And the, the next, the last chapter of Matthew and Mark and Luke, the first three, uh, the last chapter is about the resurrection, so it's the chapter just before that. Uh, that. That's the chapter I'm asking you to read. The next to the last chapter in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then, but John is a little different because he gives two chapters to the resurrection. So go to, when you get to the fourth gospel, go to the third chapter from the end. And that's the one that's about the cross. You're going to see some repetition in those. You're going to see some talking about the same thing. But I just think that we should love Jesus so much. I think that we should allow His... I, I just want us to get to see what that thief saw. I want us to be moved by this person, Jesus, that was allowing Himself to be arrested and, and the mockery of a trial. That's what the, the chapter before the one I'm asking you to read, it was mostly about how He was arrested in the trial and, and, and the lies they told about Him. But, 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 but by the chapter I'm asking you to read, uh, it's, it's the chapter where... Jesus commits Himself to, go, to be nailed to the cross. And tell, tell, this, is, this is what 
communion is about. It's about that Jesus spilled his blood for us. His body was broken. His blood was spilled so that there would be a new covenant between us and God. And, and I, I just think that, that more than just taking the elements to our lips, we ought to express our faith and our love in God by reading those chapters. Read those chapters. And I figure it's going to take you five minutes, maybe seven to read each one of the chapters, one, one, and seven minutes for one of them, and seven or ten minutes for another. And you might not even want to read them all in one setting, but be sure you, you pick out those chapters that I'm talking about. The next to the last one in Matthew and Mark and Luke, the first three, and the third to the last one in John. And, and I, I want you to do it as part of taking communion this morning, as part of getting to be that repentant thief who heard Jesus say, Jesus didn't say this. He, he, he might have, he could have said, you don't deserve it, but today you'll be with me in paradise. Your faith, I saw saving faith in you. I saw faith like Abraham's faith. That's what Romans 4 talked to you about. Faith, if you'll believe like Abraham believed. Abraham believed when God told him to do something, he just did it. He just did what God told him to do. God told him to take your son and offer him up as a sacrifice. He took him to the mountain, tied him up, and got ready to take his life. And only when God stopped him by an angel saying, uh, stop and, and don't do it, God's provided a ram. God's provided a male lamb over here in this bush and sacrificed that instead of your son. And then, he, and then when we're talking about that mountain that he was on, this is another one of those illustrations God used. And, and I, oh, I got cold chills when I did that. The, the God said, he taught Abraham, to this day we'll name that place Jehovah Jireh. Uh, and, and that means the provision of the Lord will be seen. Because you know where he took, you know, the mountain that he was taken to? It was the mountain where later they would build Jer Jerusalem, the mount called Moriah. So I, I think he probably took him to the very place uh, to offer sacrifice. Uh, it was a three-day journey for Abraham to go. But he went there because that was the place Jesus, on that mountain, uh, the provision of the Lord was seen. And it wasn't just Abraham's lamb. It was Jesus, the Lamb of God, that takes away the sin of the world. And if you believe that, thank God, if you're hanging on a cross in your last 30 minutes of living, and all of a sudden your soul becomes aware this is the Son of God, I, I hope you'll get busy doing everything you can do to be sure you get right with Him. To be sure He becomes your personal Lord and Savior. To be, to be sure that you're not going to perish, but you're going to have life abundantly forever and forever and ever in the Lord's house. Do you deserve it? No. Do, can, you know, this, this thief never got to live out a life of it as, as a disciple. He never got to tell people. I think in heaven he's probably telling people every, his story because he didn't get to tell it here. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. And I just want you to see that God was so gracious to provide right there next to Jesus being on that, crucified on that cross. A cross over here where somebody rejected Him. And a cross over here where somebody repented and, and received Him. Because that's what every human being is going to do, one or the other. And if you, if you take communion this morning... I want it to mean you have not chosen to be the one who reject Him. Right. You're not going to believe your doubts. Right. You're not going to align your thoughts with the ridiculers and the mockers. 
of this world. But you are going to align yourself with God Himself, what He said in Scripture, whatever, what the Holy Spirit says, what the angels of God know to be the truth. Even the demons know it's true. When Jesus was here, they, they kept saying it, but Jesus wouldn't let them preach. Thank God He wouldn't let them, them preach. But I want you to stand with me, and, and I want the elements to be distributed to you while you're standing. And I want you to have the chance to take communion. But as, the, as they're going to make the elements available to you, I guess the same ushers that served us a while ago are going to do this. Is that what we've arranged? Are they in the room, or shall we ask everybody to come by here or something? Sorry I didn't ask this question before we started. Uh, gentlemen, can I have four of you to come and just distribute Elmas Communion? And, and, but let, let, me, let me do this while they stand here. Come up here, gentlemen, and just stand here. Thank you. Good. Jason, would you just uh, open it up and hand it to the, to the other guys? If you need to accept Jesus as your Savior before you take communion, because you don't know if you're right with God, but you're going to take communion because you're not going to be that, that thief. You're going to be that thief. And, and you need say Jesus as your Savior. Why don't we all say this prayer with them? Say it out loud before you start distributing. Let, let me finish this prayer. I want us all to say this prayer out loud. And you that need to receive Christ as your Savior, this is what's going to make this your saving moment, your assurance moment is because of how much you know in your heart you mean. You don't even have to say the words that I'm saying. Put them in your words. Because it's not the words, it's your heart that's being expressed. It's your saving faith that's reaching out to God. It's your desire in your heart for the Lord of the universe to forgive you and give you life where you don't have anything but any choice but death. But He will rescue you from death eternal. If you really mean that, you pray this prayer with us as we pray this prayer in any words you choose. Heavenly Father, thank You for sending Jesus. Thank You for sending a Savior of the world. I receive Your gift. I receive You, Jesus, as my Savior, as my hope, as my Lord. You alone have the power to rescue me from my sins. Please, by your power, deliver me and bring me into the family of God and show me how to live the life that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. The elements of, of communion may be distributed, both the bread and the cup. They're, they're in a stack. There's a cup beneath the top cup that has the bread in it. So just take... Take one. There, there's two elements there in that one place. Did you all get that? Just the, the bread is under the juice. It's not in it. It's in a cup underneath it. Thank you, Lord. What a wonderful privilege, Lord. The Lord's Supper. Kind of like the disciples got to have with you the night that you originated this practice, just a few hours before you went to the cross. Lord, you gave them the chance to set it at the Passover meal with you. And then you revealed again that you are the Passover lamb 
that tonight you would be killed. Tonight you would give your life. And the blood you shed would be a covenant sealing blood. And the body that was broken is life for us. So we're eating and drinking of this bread and this cup. We're eating and drinking by, because you gave us this a way to remember you. Lord, I pray that you'll remind each and every one of us to go to those four chapters that describe you on the cross. I pray that, that we'll make a, a practice of reading those four chapters so that our soul never gets drawn and pulled away from the wonderful gift you gave us on the cross, Jesus. Draw us to those chapters. And when we read them, Lord, may there be a, a power of the Holy Spirit opening our eyes. And, and, and just like the miracle that happened in that repentant thief on the cross, Lord, as we read them again, may our heart just embrace you. May our heart just love you. May we love you and seek you first above everything else, Lord, because that's what you deserve. Nothing less, nothing else, but for you to be first and preeminent, Lord of our life, King of our life. You're our Savior, our only Savior, our only hope. Without you, we will perish eternally and deserve that because we rejected this, the wonderful Savior that our Father offered us. We received this gift. We received this gift. If you're watching online, thank you, sir. And you don't, you're not here to participate with us. You can participate in everything with us that really matters because it's all a matter of faith. It's a matter of faith. Shall we take the bread, hold it up? Lord, this bread, you said you broke it and you gave thanks for it. And then you told the disciples, this bread is my body which is broken for you. Lord, we remember that your body was nailed to a cross. You took the place on that horrible place that only criminals, only the worst and violent criminals. You were placed there, not by man, but by our Heavenly Father who, who sent you there. It was His will that you would go there. And you bore our sin there. Even to the point where you, Jesus cried out to you, Father, why have you forsaken me? Lord, your body was broken. We believe it. And we receive what you meant for us to have, Lord, as we eat this bread in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat the bread. Oh, Lord, we love you. Oh, Lord. We love you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And he took a cup and he said, this cup is the New Testament, a new agreement with God, a new covenant sealed with my blood. Covenants aren't good until the, there's, a, there's a cutting 
and the shedding of blood. Jesus was the blood that was spilled. Lord, we thank you for the covenant that you entered into with us. We enter into it with you, Lord, as we drink this cup by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we drink together? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, how I love you, Jesus. I need you. I pray that your will is done in all of our lives, Lord. I pray that, that we, will, we will understand how much you love us and how good your will and your plans are for us. And may we not be fooled by the enemy who tries to pull us in another direction. May your will and your purpose be accomplished in our lives and our families. Lord, we, we can't even imagine how many gifts and blessings and provisions you have for us. Help us not to be so wrapped up in this world that we don't want them. May we pursue everything that you desire for us, Lord. Give us revelation. Give us revelation of the fear of God that leads into wisdom. Lord, help us to reach our children, our grandchildren, our, our extended family members. Help us to be a passionate uh, pursuer of, of them coming to know the one who came to be our sacrifice and came to provide our salvation. Help us, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, please forgive me. There was no bread, no bread. in the bottom of Lonnie's. Don't you, don't you love him for sure saying, do. don't you love him for saying, that really matters to me, Pastor? <laughs> Lord bless Lonnie as he partakes of this bread. God, may it be healing for his body. May it be healing for his soul as he eats this bread in faith. Thank you that that mattered so much to my beloved brother. In Jesus' you, name, Jesus. amen. amen. Have you already Thank taken you, brother. it? Appreciate it. You already done it? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. See what I mean by loving the people of this church? Y'all are awesome. I, I hope you love each other. I hope that you know each other well enough to know what a gift you have in each other. What a wonderful gift you have in each other. What a wonderful gift. Celebrate that. If you're not already, spend time with each other and, and learn the stories of people's walk of faith through their lives. It will strengthen you and encourage you. And you can be a blessing to each other. God bless you. I'll keep you here all day. No, it's two minutes till 12. God bless you. I love you. I'll be with you. Praise the Lord. Thank you.